Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, welcome to another edition of Judd's Hockey Podcast. Uh, Judd, Lindsay, back in studio, and Declan, and I say back in studio because I'm actually down here at the Twin Spring Training. But you two, you know I would not pass up the chance to talk about the game of puck. And so I am joining you from Fort Myers, Florida, where the twins are warm, I'm warm. <laughs> but God. we're talking but more importantly, more importantly, you two, we're talking about and why am I not surprised by this? A Minnesota Wild team that's incredibly warm after they lost what, eight of nine. They have now reeled off five of six and uh your observations. Let's just start there about what's transpired since they traded away uh, Charlie Coyle and then Graham. Well, I am I of of course when once I say I want them to tank and bottom out what do they do they 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 run <laughs> it's off not just you Declan five yeah it's true I, I like to say it's just me but of course they run off you know five in a row I know they lost in the shootout to Nashville but uh, it's it's very very Minnesota Wild esque and then of course the bottom of the conference below them is starting to get worse so now they're starting to cushion themselves a little bit more I know there's a couple of them couple teams still breathing down their necks so to speak. But now the parity is starting to shrink even less, and now I'm starting to believe that the Wild are flipping going to make a dang playoff series. And I, I even even with this new blood and this new life into the team, I still don't buy that they can get past the first round, and it's the worst possible thing that they could do. I won't want. I want a lottery draft pick, and that's that's not going to happen on, on this case, Lindsay. Judd, Judd, you wouldn't know this because you're not you're you're not in the state of Minnesota, but and you haven't been for the last couple of weeks. But this winter's been kind of weird. It's been bad, and it's yes. it, it it doesn't feel like it's. It it feels abnormal, but it doesn't feel like super crazy. But I feel like the wild season and this winter are weirdly connected because it won't stop snowing. The polar vortexes keep coming back and the Minnesota Wild keep losing a bunch of games and then winning against a bunch of bunch of really good opponents because they railed off some really good wins in these last few games. Against some yeah. really good opponents, and so I yes, thought they played so good against that against Nashville the other night. I thought Staylock was outstanding, and they needed him to be. And um, I don't know about that shootout goal that they allowed, but I'm not buying back in yet because I can't, I can't. It's too, the whiplash oh, is too hard. You. Right, I don't blame you. It's it's too nuts right okay. now. Okay, but here's my question, and I guess this is my point, and and I agree with what both of you are saying, and Declan's frustration makes sense. But here's where I'm sort of torn. All right. How much of this do you feel is, uh, 
typical of this team, right? They fall apart, and just when you're like, okay, that's fine, just completely go in the tank, they rally. I mean, we've seen this for how long? But here's where I'm torn. Since the trades? <laughs> Shocking. The trades, the <laughs> trades. No, and and I'm not back on board. But, you know, oh, yeah, Donato, you're not, Donato, Donato's been a different player. And I, I've got the stats here. Since that trade, Donato's played in six games here. He's got two goals, five assists. He's a plus five. Charlie Coyle went to Boston. Guess what? Four games, no points, minus one. So he's made a difference. <laughs> Kevin Fiala is a different player, and, I, and and he has not done that much. But my point being is, how much do you guys sort of uh, revert back to same old wild, which every time that you think that the stake has been pierced through their heart, they come mm-hmm. back, and how much is possibly – They made some trades, and it's actually made a potential, I say potential, chemistry difference. I, I think you're I think you're on to something there, Judd, because as much as I, I'm sure that many listeners, many of the fan base, and myself included, there we're tired of this constant back and forth, but this team does feel different in the last couple weeks. Like when I was watching that shootout the other night against Nashville and they he's and Bruce sent Donato and Fiel out, both of them missed the net. But like even though they missed the net, this is so stupid that I'm saying this. But their misses were like exciting to me in some way because you're like, you're seeing these moves, you're seeing them come in with speed and just coming in and ripping it. You know what I mean? We're used to these guys coming in slow, lackadaisical, trying to dipsy doodle around. And there, you can tell that this team knows that there's new blood in it and that it's revitalized by it. So that's why I'm like, I'm still kind of uneasy about it, but I have a better feeling about it than I would have if they hadn't made any moves and we were seeing this yet again. I liked that Bruce sent both of them out, even though I think Fiala was like a career 2 of 15 or something yeah. in shootout attempts. And Donato, I think, only had like one in his career. But that that shows me that Bruce said, alright, these are our new guys. Go out and see what happens. And I love that he just sent out the first two acquisitions right out there, even if they're not Good shootout play. He did that with Victor Rask, and I think he may have did that for another reason. Yeah, that but, was some psychological warfare but, that time. But I, I like that he sent out those two kids knowing, like, this is the future of the club in a way, and yep. let's see what you guys can do. And rewarding their good play. Right. And that's what Bruce has, has done over the course of his career is that when he when they brought him in a couple of years ago, they said, well, now the, the personalities are going to be put in check. And now that some of those uh, problematic personalities have been moved out of the room, or at least the chemistry is just a little bit different, he's able to go back to his roots as a coach and be like, oh, you're playing well? Eric Sinek, hop out on the f- on the three-on-three overtime. We, Judd, in three months ago, would you? how much money would you have put down to say, like, you will Eric Sinek will never be on, like, a three-on-three overtime and he's going to be a bust, and how much different has that opinion changed for you? Uh, three months ago, I probably would have put down. It wouldn't have been that much. Probably just my house, my, <laughs> do- my dog, <laughs> and everything else I own. And and right. and I think with him, and, and this is not advocating or being happy that a player got hurt, but I think with his case, it was a blessing for him that Koivu got hurt. Yeah, right? yeah. because because he clearly came back here and they said, "Dude, you're about out of chances here." And by the way, you have to play well. And to his credit, we I just watch him play now and I'm and I keep saying to myself, where was even a smidge of this, right? Yeah, it's crazy, Judd. You see player. you see him go into the corners and he's taking yeah. on two guys and walking out and he just he looks taller. I'm not joking. Like he looks he taller. Looks bigger, yeah. Because when you play with that confidence, you move your body differently. It's just these subtle changes. But he is playing so well right now these last few games. And clearly like you said, Judd, the Miko Korvu uh, injury helps out a lot. I don't know if they told him it was the last straw, but 
it was all they're all he, that injury also put the team in a position saying, well, you will, you got to perform, and whether it's good or bad, you're going to have to play. And then he started playing well, and then all of a sudden the, the ball starts rolling. All you got to do is get the ball to start rolling. It, right. it, he's he's playing unreal right now. And I'm you know, super pumped. You know who else is playing very very well right now ever since the trades? Mr. Jason Zucker, Judd's favorite player. He he yeah, also Judd. he also is you looking very. He's motivated. You guys know why? He's motivated. They, they almost gave him away yeah. to Calgary. Did you see him back checking the other night, Judd. Did you see this some no, defense. But Paul Fenton. Paul Fenton. I I have started to to refer to Fenton as Puppet Master Paul. <laughs> If you think about this, these guys are puppets. Zucker is, is Zucker's oh, revitalized play is the most predictable. I, I tweeted his goal against the Flames uh, a couple nights ago oh, my was, God. was was almost cliche because it was so in the Zucker storyline. Yeah, the great the greatest thing that got out was Jason found out that he basically. The he came, you know, within minutes probably of being dealt. Yeah. He and, and th- but this is what's so frustrating. I know that this is him, and he can play like this consistently. So so, in my mind, it's like okay, let's get through two weeks now, and things go back to normal, right? I don't keep think they're up. going to though, Judd. Well, but but that's the point with Jason is keep it up. Then this is him. He can play like this. Well, right. And, and if and if he can. Puppet Master Paul did a fantastic thing by making sure the news got out that he almost traded this guy. I think it's def- that definitely plays uh, plays a factor into it. He's a, he's a proud guy, just like every other player. If you hear, e- even if you are traded and, it's a, and you're traded into a better situation that you were like a Ryan Donato type, you do kind of have that chip on the shoulder mentality. But I also think a large part of Jason Zucker's kind of resurgence in recent games has been the fact that he has lost his best friend and one of his you know, most consistent line mates in the last, since his entire career in the last week. And so, or last couple weeks, I should say. And so there's also a huge shift in, in terms of, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, his leadership role. All of a sudden, you know, he's kind of one of the only guys at his, his age in the locker room with Matt Dumba out. You know, Granlin's gone, Coyle's gone, Nino's gone. So he's kind of that middling dude, and everybody's looking to him as kind of that glue between the two generations of the players. And he's stepping up to it. And, like, and I agree, Judd, we can't, we can't say, well, he's good now, he's going to live up to the contract, this is, this is genius, he's going to be fine. I'm not ready to say that either, but I am enthused because he came out on that first shift right out of, right out of the deadline, and he almost and he remember when he railed it off the crossbar right in Calgary. Of course, yes. of course oh my he God. did. I of course he did. Script, Lindsay. I could have written the Zucker. I should write the Jason Zucker career story because I know exactly how it's going to go. <laughs> Judd Zolga, Jason Zucker biography. And I fear in three <laughs> weeks he's going to be comfortable, but I hope you're right. I hope he's not. Oh yeah, it it's it's interesting with the team. I I don't want to buy in, Judd. I'm 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 being sucked in down to this wormhole of, of the wild, and I I don't know what to do. It's almost or wait, it's already been. Is it's it's quick it's in March. Yeah, it's March. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy in. I I don't think you should scared buy in. I I do. Judd, I you're seventy percent bought in right now. Don't lie. I've got questions. You're, so you're seventy percent. I'm, I'm not. No 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 no. It's no. good. They're good. No, I'm a 30. I'm probably. No. I was at. I was uh, three weeks ago. Let's say I, I was at five percent. I'm yeah. probably now more at like 15. I still got questions. BS, you're at 15. Uh, Judd, you're the most ragdoll fan out of the three of us. That you're you're more likely to go along thing, with the Lindsay. flow. Here, here's the thing. I, I think you brought this up, and and it's becoming, at least right now, if this if this trend is correct, it's becoming more crystallized in my mind because that room. That room was never full of like bad guys. 
Like they weren't toxic people, right? No. Like Gremlin's not toxic. Coil's not toxic. But you, weak. but but they they were weak, <laughs> and, and they frustrated you. No, but Lindsay brought it up. I think she used the perfect word with with Coil being traded away from his pal Jason. Comfort. Yep. That room was so comfortable, and mm. and I think that's Jason's problem. I think Jason, once again, another guy who I do not mean to say is a bad person. I think he's a really good guy as far as a human being goes. But I think what you had was Charlie and Granlin to a certain degree, certainly, and, and Zucker for sure. You've got a lot of guys who got comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think what this did was, and, and by the way, this also includes at times the goaltender, I think it prods them. And I think that they see stuff like this, and because they're not an awful team really, or they're not terrible players. Mm-hmm. So they see this, and I think LB's right. I think it's like, Oh my God! He just traded three of our buddies. Oh, oh my! Oh no! And and they do the good thing, which is rebel and play well. Right. And and plus the the trading, obviously the, the friendships are tough as well. But also they're with the comfort mentality. It's not just being like we're all friends and we're all here together and we're a great team and we're friends. What are they valley it's, girls? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Um, it, it's it's um it's also the fact that when say like Jason Zucker is not scoring, when Coyle and Nino and um, Granny are on this team, there you you kind of always have this. You know, a little voice in the back of your head saying, "Well, I'm not scoring, but one of them will do it because they're they're so go- such good of players." And while I'm not doing it, maybe they will. But when all of them have that mentality, when they don't have that, I need to do it. When they're willing to kind of let other people that take the reins, that's where you get into the situation that they were just a, that you know just a month ago, and now that they've worked themselves out, and that's why Jason's playing well because he's like, it has to be me out of this group because I'm the only one out here, right? You know, so he takes ownership of it, and that's what this and and these young kids are taking ownership of this team. Judd, let me ask you this: if if the Wild do sneak in as that second wild card spot, so the last one, would you feel more comfortable going to Calgary or Winnipeg? Yeah, or your tattoo after, after the perfor- <laughs> after the performance against oh. the Flames. I mean, that was a pretty, and I know that just a one one game, one small sample size performance. But do you feel any more optimistic about playing a Calgary versus a Winnipeg or vice versa? Ooh, that's a think good about question, it. Dex. Yeah, I th- you. Declan, I think I would answer well, one. I I would not uh, predict that the Wild would win more than two games in either series, playoff series. Um. If if these teams if these teams are at full strength, but here's why I want Calgary goaltending. Yes. Correct, Judd Mike, Lee, you're on fire. Mike Smith can't help himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a moron with the puck. <laughs> what was he doing behind the net? I mean, look at the statistics. If, if you did a if you did not look at the score from from Saturday's game in Calgary and you did a blind statistic test, I think you'd easily say, "Oh, the Flames won four two or something," right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. what's that idiot doing behind the net with the puck? True. Uh, so I think, and, and the which Donato, team are you talking about? Uh, Calgary. <laughs> okay, yeah, just thank you very much. You. No, that's a good point. Yes. And, and the goal that he gave up to Donato, I think, in the third period, was a bad goal too. So yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, Goaltending wise, I think I would take Calgary. I think I would too. And also, they're not built. They have yet to show me that long term that they can handle playoff success either. I mean, they everyone thought they'd have a better year. No one thought they'd be on top of the West heading into the last you know month of the season either. And a secondary thing too. Is if I played Calgary, I would I would physically abuse Goudreau at every Correct. And, and he would never get out of my grasp. You'd, you'd have a shadow on him the I'd entire have to, time. I'd have, I'd have Felino on him the whole time. The whole time, you say you and skate he, around with him, and you don't even it, you have to be within three inches. And and he yeah. would take some penalties. Yep. 
Felino would. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Felino, I don't know if Felino oh. should do it, though. He's I, Is he the guy to do it? I'm trying to think. Well, his is PK a, hasn't been great over the last couple weeks, so maybe he needs a little kick in the butt in that terms, too. Is there a small, but is there a smaller, uh, grittier guy that, like, that the Wild had who, who is pitcher who could keep up? Why you stick Cunning on? Like Zach or, or Cunning? Or... I like Cunning. Why like do we get a little rivalry going with Gaudreau I, and Cunning? Oh, dude, it can you know what? let's go. And Cunning and Cunning is He's no, nuts. He's insane. No, uh, no play on words intended here but Cunnan is a conniving player yeah I love so like him. he could that could work oh, oh I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan I, I'm a big he's a he's a guy who who if you watch him you, you see all the stuff that he does mm-hmm. and if, if you look at the stat sheet it's like oh he's okay right like he, he's, he's a mini great. Zach except a but, little more skilled but yeah he's good mm-hmm. I I like that though but if you play the Jets and the Jets are at full strength yeah Ugh, no thank you and, and I know that the Wild, I believe, if I'm not mistaken on this, has yet to lose to the Jets this season. Correct. Uh, but the playoffs are a different animal. They and do that the, to Bla- to Chicago yeah. every year, though, but when Chicago Jets, was winning Cubs. I just think the Jets, they're so fast and they're so big that I think I would roll the dice with Calgary. And, and if Mike Smith is Mike Smith, who knows? Yeah, and expe- especially with Calgary, the, the size does make a difference. And I think people... Uh, sometimes forget that the regular season and playoff season are almost two different like versions of hockey. It really is. And so when you have knows that well, right, right. And so when you have a team like Calgary, that is still really young. Yeah. They didn't, uh, they, 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 did they win a playoff series two years ago or did they get swept? I forget. I think I think they did. I think they squeaked one by uh, in the first round, and I then think, they got a swept. I think yeah. the next round. And so right. some of them have a taste of that success, but like, what what what's weird to me about Calgary is that they have a lot of players, but like, what is James Neal doing this year? Where what mm-hmm. has happened oh, to him? He's been yeah. terrible, right? And Complete so, bust. I, well, but the thing is, is that I don't think I, we could we could go and I could talk about this forever about just different theories and different like how some personalities work really well in certain locker rooms and whatnot. But I just think that they're still trying to really figure out who their identity is as a team, and that there's a, that they're undersized. And that their inexperience with their undersized team is going to create a little bit more of a difficult situation than it would for, say, a Winnipeg that has, you know, consistent playoff pedigree over the last couple of years. Who, ha- like, you're saying, oh, we'll take away Shifley and Wheeler. Like, Wheeler had, did he have four yeah. goals last night? He had for sure had a Hattie. Mm-hmm. But good you're luck like, with that. Right. And right. you're like, oh, but we forgot about Patrick Line. Yeah. Oh, we forgot about, like, Shifley. Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Like, what, there's, right. they have so many weapons. And as long as Helen Buck is playing decent, they're going to be able to do. Pretty much whatever they want, especially on home ice. But who knows? It depends on whose confidence is running high. I mean, the, the Kings, you know, they everybody likes to make the Kings an example from, uh, what was that, 2012 when they made a run in the playoffs as the, yes. as the eighth seed and then ended up, you know, sweeping Vancouver in their building mm-hmm. and, yep. and, and going on to win the Stanley Cup. So that's totally in play. It, it, and that's the thing is that there's don't a— you think, though, don't, don't you think that that Kings team was one of the last teams that— because they were really big, physical, and got great goaltending. But to me— the the league's evolved since then and gotten, sure. fast, and gotten faster as well. Like, if you put that King team, Kings team back in the playoffs now, today, the goaltending was great, but I don't know oh, that, they, that, that they've got that speed, right? Right. That's, that's where this game – that's what makes this game so fun to watch now to, to me was that next step, which is not just only strong and big and fast 
and big guys, but also fast guys. Right. And I think also, too, yes, they, they probably wouldn't do so well you know, this year, but I think at least in the last few years of cup winners, you have guys on those teams that are making these incredible playoff contributions that it's not necessarily they weren't you know, contributing during the regular season, but all of a sudden their shared you know, shifts so much like the Brian Bickle you know, a few years back for Chicago or, you know, you have when when the Kings made that run, it was Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown isn't a huge goal scorer. He's typically your third line grinder guy. But he was t- everything he was shooting that year was going in in the playoffs. And so it'll be interesting to see because that's where those confidence pieces come in, where all of a sudden a guy just kind of gets hot. If you if you, so let's say the Wild make the playoffs. If you had to pick somebody on this team right now that you think would be that who's not exactly, you know, uh, consistent contributor right now but that could get hot and really be like one of those playoff con Smythe you know ride till you die type dudes hmm. that's a good question uh, I would uh, th- th- this is probably too uh, too high profile from what you just asked but <laughs> I would probably go with Cunning. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it I could see Cunning. I could I think this this guy has and and I know that the know, it. sports fans hate this term. Yes, he's got it, but he's got yeah, he's got intangibles mm-hmm. that I watch him play and I think to myself that's a playoff player. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know how to quantify that. You can just tell like the, it's how you this is another hockey cliche. He does the little things really well. Yes. You know, he's always back checking. He's all, you can tell that he's always giving his best effort. Like I said, he's a mini Zach. Like you can tell that Zach even if he's not 100% is busting his ass every shift. Oh, okay, and there are other a, players on that team that you can tell that are not doing that every shift, but Cunning is oh, exactly. right along that line. Here here's a a sort of cliched description, but when he plays, Cunning's got the look in, in his eyes that he will go through you. Yes, even like though he's he, small. Yep, and Zach does too. Yep. but but those those are the guys that like Charlie. There hasn't been a day in Charlie's Coyle's life on the ice where I've looked at Charlie and thought he's going to go through a guy. He can't, right? escape, he can't escape Judley. Yeah. Even though he's halfway oh, across the country, he just can't. <laughs> he can't Nobody can't. Right. But, but right. because because I look at the body and I think to myself, how are you not better? Like, how are you not doing more? It's like he doesn't know what he had. But Cunnan has right. Cunnan's got that look of okay. I'll go around you, and if you're going to stand there, I'm going to go right through you. And that's the type of player that is is effective, certainly during the season, but you get to the playoffs, yeah. and that's the type of guy who you're like, oh, my God, he just scored that goal. He just got there from there and scored that goal. Right. So I would say Cunning. Yeah, he's the get on my back and get after it type of guy. I would uh, I would take Donato. And really? that, might, that might be lame because he's just because he's because he's been so good since he got here. But th- I think that's a guy that people aren't going to be zoning in on. And when a guy that's shooting the puck at the will that he is, yes. I like the I chances of even if the shooting percentage is lower, if he's if he's putting the quantity on, eventually the quality will be rewarded. Well, and as the great Michael Scott said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Right. You know. So that and that's the thing. Like he's taking shots from the half wall. He's taking shots from weird angles. And while those are low percentage shots, the goalie knows that too. That's why mm-hmm. they go in. Is because the goalie relaxes a little bit. Like I'm gonna shoot from there. And, what are you gonna do? Nothing. And, be- and because he does that, other guys are now shooting. And the thing yeah. that I, the thing that the over overwhelming thing that I've seen from this team since those trades is, and it only took like two trades, is this has become a quicker team, but mm-hmm. most importantly, a north-south team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, if, if you were to ask me, what's the difference? Okay, it's been what, like six games. What's the difference, Judd? You know, you keep talking about how they're different, blah, blah, blah. I would, I would say this. 
I would say watch their games with Granlin and Coyle, and I think you saw a team that tried to play a horizontal game yes, and go east-west, and they were desperate. And Granlin, by the way, that's where he made himself yep. as an Olympic player. Right. You know, if you mm-hmm. took him to Mariucci tomorrow and said, we're going to play the home games here, oh he God, would be would an all-star there. National <laughs> Hockey League player. He, right. yeah. He's goldy and in, in secret. He's goldy. But you see, but you see these, this team now, and they are very simply to me going north south, and and guys like Donato shoot, and guess what? Then guys are like, "Oh, you're shooting? It's okay to shoot." Yeah. And I really think that right. in a very short, as the kids like to say, sample size. That's, that's what the kids the like to say. Yes. <laughs> the kids like analytics, and they like sample size. Me. And I think sam- and I think sample size wise, that's the difference that I've seen in this club. For sure. And, and Judd, you and I talked about it a couple months ago when we were watching the games, and I pointed out, like, when zone entry is actually way more important than people think, is because it shows you what you're feeling about your confidence in keeping the puck in and going to score. So a lot of times when Granlin would take the puck in, he wants to slow down the game as fast as possible because he can make such unbelievably accurate passes and whatnot. So he would bring the puck into the zone, barely cross the blue line, be like, I'm going to stop right here and try to toe drag, and then it would get caught against the boards or it'd be out. But now, like you said, Judd, it's much more north-south. There's a lot of odd man rushes going both ways right now, which is not good to go on the defensive side, but at least it's happening for the offense as well, which is really what plagued this team during their most recent uh, like cold streak and then for the rest of the year. But they, at least they're getting shots. They're 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 taking the zone, not just entering the zone. They're taking it, and they're going mm-hmm. like, "We're gonna, I'm gonna impose my will on you, and you're gonna have to come get me." And that, and like you said, it's contagious when you have mentality like that. When those young kids bring that in, and then they actually score. It's not just them working hard and then maybe shooting it right into the stomach. But when they actually score, and then like Donato scores in an overtime goal, goal last week, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everybody starts to believe it. Like, Oh my Wait a god, minute. you're totally right. We can totally just shoot pucks and yeah. score more. It's fine. Go wild. The question I have too, Judd, is it, this the schedule in March gets pretty tough, especially uh Who's the schedule not tough. But 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 especially it gets really here. Tough now. Yeah, Nashville yeah. and Tampa Bay up next. Two of yep. two of really good teams. But they've been playing good teams. You have San Jose on the docket, you have Washington on the docket, you have the Hurricanes on the docket, you got Vegas, you have the Predators one more time, the Islanders, I don't know if I mentioned them already. Basically, if you start beating these big teams, I think that's where we're going to get really sucked in, right? I mean, that that's oh, where most definitely, that, that yeah. that's where you start rebuying back in um and you're not buying pennies back on the dollar, you're getting dollars back. So I I I'm very curious to see how they play cuz that this will determine whether or not I want to Basically, throw away what I've been saying for the last four months over the next three weeks. Watch, watch Judd. You'll you'll see if they win a couple of these couple more games. You say they beat Nashville and keep it competitive, or even beat Tampa Bay and and return from this road trip after after the Panthers. You watch National Hockey Media all of a sudden be so well. They're dark horse for the playoffs. They're dark horse for the for the to win the cup, and that's yes. fair. If they're playing that well, they're beating teams that they shouldn't be beating right now, and that's been their, them all year though. They lose to the worst. Yes, and they beat the the best. Yeah, and so this next these next three games are really big because you're at Nashville, at Tampa Bay. If you can beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, which did they do that earlier this year? Right? Did they do? I'm that? not sure, but they've only lost like 11. I don't think they played Tampa. They they've not they played, played Tampa them in last Tampa earlier. Yet. Maybe I'm, no, but, I don't think so. I but they, yeah, they, they do want. have some tough opponents. But as yep. of late, they have been rising to the occasion. And even in their loss against St. Louis or a couple of these other losses against these good teams, they've actually showed up and played well. 
But it's easy to show up and play well against the teams that are supposed to beat you because you're just yeah. like, let's go, we're the underdog. So they got to yeah. beat they they got to go and beat Florida. They have to beat the Rangers. They can't they can't go yes. they can't lose to the the Sharks, the Stars, and the Rangers and the Islanders. They can't go over four. They got to win. They got to at least fly. I think five hundred the rest of the way to at least maybe they'll get in being lower. But right. to have any sort of fighting shot, confidence wise, they got to at least fly five hundred. Well, it's packed. Right now, for that uh, last wild card or the two wild card yeah, spots, it's, right? Yeah, this, this I'm looking at this. So we're taping weird. or we're recording this on uh, Tuesday. The Wild plays at Nashville tonight. Dallas is the top wild card in 65 games with 71 points. The Wild is second, same amount of points as Dallas, but one more game played, 66. But then two points behind the Stars and Wild are the, of course, Arizona Coyotes. Like everybody predicted, Judd. Right. The Abs are three points behind. The Oilers now have gotten hot and won three consecutive. So they're six points out. I'm the Bla- the Blackhawks, <laughs> who passed the Wild for a while, are now at 63 points. Um, but th- this gets us, actually, this talk of the schedule being tough and, of course, because of the stupid bleeping bye week, the, the now consolidated nature of the schedule because everyone had to go to get drunk in Cancun for a week, which is completely unnecessary during your season. They go can get, have fun too, Judd. Go, go get, no, go get drunk in May when you've been a Judd, you're in Florida and you went to you, New York last I'm week working. during the trade God, deadline. I'm BS. They can go, they can go to Cancun for a week. I'm working down here and I know what's best for that league. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Batman. You went. That yeah. t- you, you went to that tiki bar already. You know you did. You and all eighteen thousand go of us. And try and find the Nashville game. Um. So anyway, though, but this this brings <laughs> this brings us back talking about the consolidated schedule and the fact that it's hard to Lindsay's favorite topic, and that's this. A big part of the reason for the Wild's recent success is Devin Dubnik. Um. They also yeah. did. They also did the exact right thing and got a very good performance on Sunday from Staylock. They needed you, that bad from him. Well, too. and they have to. And and to go back to the point, I think that we've made on this podcast a thousand times, and everyone hears it as Dubnik bashing. You can't play him every single night. No, because he wears down, and when he wears down, he's not effective. And when he's not effective, guess what? You miss the playoffs. Um. So starting with you, LB, what's mm-hmm. your what's your assessment now of how he's playing? And and take a look at the schedule, and you mm-hmm. tell me, how do you think that this should play out? Because the only real fault I find with Bruce is occasionally he'll just get into this thing of, well, I'll just play Dubnik. He's my guy. I don't think you can do that all the time. So how do you think that this shakes out with his play, knowing that if you play him too much and he starts to struggle at mm-hmm. all, you probably are just dead? Well, I think I think Bruce... Go. I think when the team is under attack like they were a couple weeks ago, it's easy to kind of go us against the world. We're, we're going to ride Dubnik until he collapses. So now that they've won a few games, and like I said, I think the Stalock win or the Stalock game the other night was incredibly important for Stalock and the team in general because he hasn't played as well as he should have these last few outings. And he doesn't get out there as much, obviously. So when he does, he needs to, he needs to instill some confidence that if Dubnik starts to go into one of those swoons, if they make the playoffs, that they can turn to him and feel okay with what's going on. So that's important. But yes, Devin Dubnik, I think if you're Bruce and you're Bob Mason, after you sit him down uh, in that game you know, a couple weeks ago, I think he's responded as well as well as you could you could ask in terms of coming out being tough, I think he was excellent in that Calgary game. There was at no point where I where I felt that he was starting to get dicey. I thought that he looked confident. So I'm I'm gonna make the assumption that he's gonna probably start against Nashville tomorrow night, and then they play Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay two nights later. They'll start him there because they'll have a night in between, 
And then they'll probably give Staylock the Florida Panthers game. Uh, they've all, Bruce already said on Sunday he's going to give Dubnik the back-to-back. Probably. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard oh. that as well. And okay. I, that confused me. I know, me. Which, is, which concerns me a little bit, too, because then that schedule is too tightly compacted to right. just be like, we'll just stick with Devin. And, and I yeah. get he's playing well. And I'm not, I'm not advocating that he doesn't play the vast majority of these games. But that's why I'm curious what you think right. as, far, yeah. as far as when you're going to have yep. to get Staylock. And, and in Alex's defense... I, I know that there have been times where he has not been great, so I'm not saying he's George Vesna, but I'm also have seen him enough. He, it's not like I'm scared. No, no, I'm not either. But I, I, I wanted that for him. Like I wanted him to feel confident, and I, like, like he's telling me, I feel so unconfident. I get he's not like, but that's good. It's good for him to go get a good grind win where it's his show, where he steals a game. Those are huge for goaltenders when you go and that's what happened to Jonathan Quick in 2012 to go back to the Kings is that he he could not be beat. And once you get in the mentality, if you start to go there, it's infectious as a goalie and it gets higher and higher and higher and then it goes from the net out and transfers to the rest of the team so apparently Dubnik is starting three games in a row so okay Bruce but that's fine so they'll come home then I'm guessing Bruce will play him against San Jose then and then Dallas and then I think it just depends you can't really predict I think maybe if he's going three he'll maybe go three one three one but it really depends on how the team starts to starts to perform against these really, really high end offenses and stuff because if they're gonna if Dubnik's getting shelled and it's been a couple games that he's seen a lot of shots and that you can see that he's getting tired, you know, Bruce might throw Stay he might change his mind and throw Staylock in there earlier than he thought. Because I just think that you want to keep Dubnik as confident as you can. And sometimes he's not gonna have it. And that that happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. It happens to everyone. And since he got sat that one game when they said, well, we have a goalie controversy on our hands, he's been great. And so let's just let's just make sure and keep him happy to see, like, what do you need to keep this going? What do you what do you think? What do you what are you getting that's helping? And what are you not getting that that could be helpful? And and just go day to day with him, honestly. But I think it's probably a three one rotation, three games to Dubnik, one to Staylock, if things stay the course as as they are right now. So I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but that I think that's what's going to happen. Declan, your thoughts? Yeah, I would like to see him play more. I mean, just looking at the schedule, I would like I would like to see him start against Florida. I know Bruce has kind of said he wouldn't do that. I'd like to see him go against Florida. I'd like to see him go against the Rangers, and I wouldn't mind even throwing him up against uh, the Capitals, uh, the, the Capitals or Vegas. One of the two. I don't. He won't get both. Oh, I don't but I wouldn't. Vegas or I wouldn't mind him getting some time. We we've we've seen this from Devin before, mm-hmm. where he's just burnt out by the time the postseason rolls around. And I'm even curious too. Let's say the Wild do rattle off some wins, and they they even clinch with you know three games in hand. You know they 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 clinch <laughs> with three <laughs> games left. This podcast like, escalated the, quickly. But no, no, what the hell are you talking <laughs> no, 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 about? No, no, no. I, I want to prove a point here. Then, okay. Lindsay, I'm no longer the big fan. I, no, I, I, no. But my point is, then what do you do? Because do you do you bench Devin? Do you want him fresh? Do you want him to get game time? It's I, I'm very I'm just curious with, with well, how, you have to how they plan it. You have to you have to ask him because he but he's the type of guy that you would say he could you would play every day if you asked him. Yes, he would. Yes. So he's but insane. if he's starting to get worn down, but you have to just be in communication, be like, hey, are, how are you feeling like mentally? It's not physically that we're talking about in terms of fatigue and other things, because 
Yeah, you can help that. You just say, Devin, we'll, we'll rest rest your body. What mm-hmm. I'm talking about and what causes his swoons is that he gets mentally just burnt out and he's not able to be as sharp in the little things like his post presence. So he'll start getting beat from weird angles or he'll give up weird rebounds and stuff. That's what happens when he gets there. But he did have – he had the All-Star game. They had that week off. Then they've kind of had a – they had a weird, like, week off this week. So it's not like they're yes. playing – you know, it's a condensed schedule, but it's well, not that, necessarily because of the bye week. It's just – I don't know what's going that's on. And why, that's why the question is, would you play him back-to-back in Florida because they played the back-to-back there? I think the key with Doomnik that this team has to know is that he will, unfortunately, because of pride, he will play to the detriment of the team. Yeah. So, like, he'll be tired. He should, he should be like, you know what, I'm, I'm wearing out here. And then they can be like, okay, you won't play. But he'll just he'll keep playing. But it's actually not a good thing because long-term that hurts them because then he plays, he's tired, then he plays another game, and he's tired. Um, Declan, and you can't fault him for being that. Every, every player should be like, I want to play every game. That's Bruce and management that needs to step in and say, no, Devin, be, I get it, you, you want to play. Be, but you should be aware of, of your body, I think. In 2019, I think you should be aware of it enough to be like, okay, this makes perfect sense. I, I want to clear something up, though, quickly. Declan, did you talk about a scenario in which the Wildcats <laughs> took a playoff spot with three games left? Yes, I did. I was, I was sitting okay, at the... Are, yeah. are there drugs He's back at the studio? He's still drunk from his North Carolina trip. Are, are there drugs back in the studio now that are being distributed by Mackie that I don't know about? Not yet. Uh, Mackie, Mackie had the door closed when I walked in for good reasons, so I, 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 I don't know what... What oh, he wants out of me. I, I was just trying to prove a point for goaltending. I don't think it's actually going to happen, you buffoons. I did see him stumbling in here. Yeah, he, yeah. Declan yeah. did Stumbled hit a couple over, of cars. Glazed eyes. Yeah. I don't have my contacts yeah. in today. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I am. I am a mess, Judd. I blame my brother. Blame him. Thanks, Liam. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make it clear that you did talk about a uh, scenario. Under yes. Yes. It's on the record. Left. And I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Thank and you, I'm Judd. sure it'll be the headline on this podcast. <laughs> and Lindsay will put it out on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And three people will rip you. And two will try to, including your brother, try to defend you. And it's going to get yep. ugly. So. That's all I need. That's, 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 that's all I need, That's the life, man. It is. That's all I need. Yeah. All but right. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, either one of you? I just want to. I want to see continued uptick out of Donato and. Fi- I mean, I know Donato will eventually have to come down to earth, and he didn't have a point yesterday for the first time. But I want to see a little bit from Fiala offensively. Um, I think he's played well. He hasn't played bad, and I think there, there's a there's a key in hockey where if you're unnoticeable, that can be okay. That that that's a that can be a fine thing. But I would like to see him maybe uh, put a little more pucks towards the net and also get rewarded with a point or two. Granted, he's only been here for like three days. Correct. So there's Correct. that too, and um, and the first game that he played was was against his former team. Yes. So there there there's that as well. Yeah, and uh, I just say trust in Jason Zucker, and uh, you know no, what you got to do is you got to you got to keep calling him at home and saying, Jason, I don't want to alarm you, but we're close to a trade that involves you. That's that's your and, plan, and he'll be like, the deadline's done, and he'll be like, no, but in June you are gone. You know what really works with millennials? It's psychological trick. warfare. Next day, next day. <laughs> The phone at the household rings again. Ring, ring. Hello, the Zuckers. Jason, I just want to tell you. <laughs> the Zuckers. I, I can't believe this, but the market for you is getting bigger and bigger. We are going to have to trade you, but you can't. But on June 1st, we can. And then just keep going with that. And you'll get, I would say, by the end of the year, he'll have 74 goals, 87 assists. <laughs> he'll have won the MVP of the playoffs. Right. It'll He's be perfect. Smythe after and they then his value the play- will have never been the spot with three games left to go with that late deck. Exactly play. right. And then his value will be at an all-time high, and come draft time, you trade him. See, this works. Puppet Master Paul. Believe yeah, in Puppet, Puppet Master yes, Paul. Yes, that's our next T-shirt here at I Score North. I like Puppeteer I Paul better. Yep. Puppeteer. Okay, well, that's fine, too. 
But the point being is these players are on strings, and Paul Fenton is standing above them with the strings, perfectly playing them. Marionetting. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Boots is good, too. Boots is in. He's not, he's not being puppeteered. Boots is in, too. So it's Boots. He's making Fenton. sure the strings don't get tangled exactly up when they right. put him back in the box. He's the assistant. Yeah. Paul's the puppeteer. I love this metaphor. It's not okay. creepy at all. I've already texted Ross, Puppet Master Paul. We're going to get it going. And then you got Donato on a puppet string. You got Zach on a puppet string. This works perfectly. Zach's playing really well, I love too. It. You know what? I, I've said this before. Credit to that guy. Yeah. I thought he was done. Credit to him. He's mm-hmm. come back. Um, I do think it's interesting that uh, I saw statistically between the Saturday and Sunday game, which, oh, by the way, we got to talk about that for a second. But <laughs> I saw that statistically Suter and Spurgeon, I believe, basically almost played entire games in two days. Yeah. Like, like right. they played 30 the and 30. The surge, man. Yeah. Well, but Suter, I mean, my God, this guy is coming off a broken leg. There's no doubt in my mind he is going to, that, that he's going to come back next year and be better. Do you like, feel he's better in the last few weeks than he has been the rest of the se- season? It seems like it, yes. Yeah, to I me, think so does. too. He's, but he's been a little a little sharper and so and so. And you can see there's little instances where you're like, Ugh, but you I know, mean, he, but... snapped, he broke his leg. Yeah, so right. I'm not even blaming him for the drop off. It's just been apparent for a lot of the season. Right. All right. Last thing I got to talk about this. What a joke <laughs> that a league. Honest to God, no, I'm dead serious here. This, this, this is just beyond love stupid. Your, your, There's no other league that would allow this. How do you play, or how do you schedule a team to play in Calgary on a Saturday night? Which, by the way, they retire Jerome McGinley's jersey. Good what a guy! Him, of course, but then oh. the game starts really late. The game, I think, Royce told me Eastern time. The game started at ten o'clock or something. Anyway, wow. Okay, so that's fine. They play on Saturday. They win. Nice win. But then they're scheduled on NBC <laughs> nice Sports win. Network for the next night at 6 30 central time like how is this even allowed if this player association had any guts at all they would oh tell my the goodness league, no no but i mean in nobody, summary no professional sport no no credible i shouldn't say this no credible professional sport would or should allow a team to have to go back to back nashville was sitting in minnesota while the wild flew home got off the plane at like 5 a.m and had to play at 6 30 at night yeah. That's the, this is this is why hockey off the ice can't be taken seriously by me because that's beyond stupid. Judd, they do back to back to backs in the NBA until like two years ago. But they got rid of them. They cleaned them up. I know. Right. So just give them a minute. Right, but okay. But think about this, Linz. This is a league that has a bye week. All right. Hear me out. So so the PA got a bye week passed. So they all get a week to go get royally drunk unless they don't. Drink, so do the NBA they, players. They too much. Okay, so no, but, no, but I'm saying. Jacqueline, that's but then, Tuesday. But then, the, but then the PA gets that concession. Players Association gets that concession. But then we turn around and still have a back-to-back where you're basically starting one game at, let's say, 945 Central Time or 930 Central Time. And then you're coming home and playing at 630 Central the next night. That is a joke. Sure. That makes your league a joke. Is it? Is fix it, it. Is it? Fix it. Is it? <laughs> fix cra- it. It's is, not hard. <laughs> you're killing the levels right now. Is it crappy? Yes. Good. Are, but you know what? They're professional athletes and they're young, and it's really the only one that they're they've done all year. And it's not like it's you know a month from now when they're really fighting for playoff position. It happens. I get it. You know, we have like 15,000 tournaments in the XL Energy Center here, so it gets a little dicey for scheduling. I understand that. I can't even imagine scheduling sports it, it i sometimes i think about that and i get such bad anxiety that i have to calm myself down of like somebody's job who's like let's get everybody's schedule together because it would drive well, me nuts if i'm the wild if i'm the wild 
and I see that schedule. And, and if you're the team, you clearly go through the schedule incredibly closely. Right. If you're the team, you got to call the league and say this is not. Well, they're work. in the Western Conference, Judd. Though you can't expect them to do that much. I mean, just look at what they no, were doing a couple years be, ago. But they can't be starting that late in California. No, no, that's I agree. But I don't, I don't, game. I don't think that's. It. Was it crap? Sure, but if anything, don't you feel better about them basically playing two games in 24 hours and their legs holding up? Isn't no. that more impressive to you? No, I think. Well, it's impressive, but having to travel home. From what three and a half hours away? Yeah, there's there's huge injury concerns. Huge yes, injury exactly concerns. Yes, exactly right. Yes, but, but, I understand what you're saying. And and in 1978, you know what? We'd all be like, okay, yeah, it sucks, but too too bad. But I mean, this is 2019, and we have we have enough to know to say that's got to be an afternoon game. Yeah, but they also have enough to combat it in every way, shape, and form that you possibly can. It's not like they're flying Fix coach. Fix it. Fix it. Don't let it happen again. The league. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. All right, Judd. Go go to that tiki bar for me. Don't forget to wear sunscreen, Judd Lee. Bye. Bye.